Okay. Oh, yeah, you hear that? That bubbly sound? Mm. Bubbling. That means uh, listeners are sending us treats. This is the show. The show about... This is the show about film. What show? Yes. Love that film. Uh, we'll start from the right. Leslie Lazenby. Hello, everyone. Mark O'Brien. Hi there, folks. Mark Dalzell. Hello there, everyone. Matt Marash. Hey, guys. That was the wrong one. Ooh. Cracking that brown. And I'm Michael Rosso. And welcome to our show today. We're talking about all sorts of stuff. We're going to open up with a letter from our friend Lance King. We got a box in the mail. Apparently Lance maybe sent Michael a little question. Did it get there? And he writes back, Hi, Mike. Glad they made it there. I wasn't so much waiting to hear my name mentioned as I wanted to make sure that you got to enjoy them along with all the other goodies people send from around the world. And then as another little paragraph to this, FYI, I don't recall if I told you guys, but Knoxville now has its very own community darkroom. Mm -hmm. I was part of the original Kickstarter effort, and I was recently appointed to their board. It's a small start, but we do have a physical space and ample darkroom equipment. I've already referred one lady who stopped by to the FPP for a camera donation. And I plug you guys whenever I can as a resource for film photography. Lance. Cool. Well, nice. this box he's talking about. Let's see Currently in my hands. Oh, the home of Goo Goo Clusters. Goo Goo oh, Shop. This bag is the home of Goo Goo Clusters. Do they have Goo Goo Googly eyes? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my. It's the mother love. Oh. oh. No, the last one's a bottle of insulin. Yeah. <laughs> Goo Goo Variety. See, Mark O'Brien, you should have brought your Goo Goo Googly eyes. I know, I, I should have. Oh, hey, no flash. Look, it's Provenance. Didn't flash. Awesome. So that's the, so you know it's actually there. Yeah. So Lance um. King from Tennessee sent us Goo Goo Variety Pack. Three, each box, three Supreme, three original, two Supreme, one peanut butter. Oh, man. It looks like a moon pie. Mm, moon pies like have caramel. Like, it's more like a turtle kind of a thing. Yes. Turtles. Uh, so moon pies have caramel. I don't think so. So you're going to open those boxes? <laughs> well, you want to open? There's also a, a full-on letter. Oh, please read that. I can read that. Yeah, please do. Skim over here. Hello, Michael and the FPP gang. I'm excited to be listening to the Film Photography Podcast once again after your recent mid- mid-season break. It's great to hear all those familiar voices, including John Fideli after his notable absence. Hey, how you doing there? I continue to learn something new from listening to each podcast, like the fact that I really shouldn't wait to listen to two shows at once, since you guys sometimes share time-sensitive information about current Kickstarters. Yep. I was particularly intrigued by the lab box, and hope I can eventually get my hands on one. I also enjoyed the discussion with George and Patrick from Impossible. The Impossible black and white... Oh, sorry. The Polaroid black and white film (laughs) is especially beautiful and unique. I appreciate the hard work you all do to keep each new episode entertaining and informative. I've enclosed some tasty calories, <laughs> some chocolate-coated calories, to keep your energy levels up for the next recording session. Sampler boxes of authentic Tennessee goo-goo clusters. My favorite are the peanut butter ones, but yeah. they're all gooey and delicious. These treats came from their store on 3rd Avenue South in Nashville, Tennessee. Whoa. Last week I went for a walk around downtown Nashville with my trusty old Olympus Stylus Zoom 70, and some Fuji Superior 400 film. I'm enclosing a couple of photos showing the storefront and a close-up of the rotating sign. And for the Johnny Cash fans who might be listening, there's a museum dedicated to the man in black right across the street. Take care and keep these terrific shows coming. 
Lance King, P.S., has there been any discussion about another meetup in the foreseeable future? Ooh. Lance came to both. <clears throat> two out of three. I always forget the first one because it really wasn't there. In Finley. Uh, we're now going well, to be yeah. opening up. I will take one supreme, please. Okay. So Google clusters, I don't know anything about them. It's all new to me. Yeah. Oh. In each box, mm. you get three original, two supreme, one peanut butter. We got an original. Ah. An original. Maybe I should be saying this with a little bit of a southern drawl, though, because these all come from Tennessee, and this is a Goo Goo Cluster Supreme. I don't remember Lance King talking with a southern drawl. Lance King was smooth. And here's another Supreme, anyone? Anyone? i got to take a break. Peanut I just butter? ate like three pounds of cookies. I'll I think I'll have perhaps I'll that we should change the name of the show to Everyone Loves John Fideli. <laughs> and then you have to add on there, God bless his soul. That's a southern. How am I do. doing with my southern accent, Lance I King? <laughs> oh, you know, a little weird. Oh, I was yeah, really thinking of slow it down. I was really thinking of sashaying on down to that Johnny Cash museum. Well, why don't you just get on your horse and saddle it up and get on down there? <laughs> Giddy up. What's happening? We haven't eaten, eaten the sugar yet. I know. Oh, I'm drinking brown. Mm, good. What do you have? Which one do you have? The original. Original, oh, okay. We'll have a good cross section. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so on today's show, last oh, few shows, no. you'll be like, oh, you guys haven't talked about anything for what months now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mike's, all Mike's topics on 16mm don't count, by the way. Anyhow, today is going to be a TLR Palooza. Of course, a TLR camera, for those of you who don't know. Wait, Mike, I forgot. You said the word 16 millimeter. I keep forgetting. Oh, I got these for you. Oh, hand those over, Matt. Pass those down. Oh, thank you very much. I hold in my hands. Speaking of 16. If you're, if you're shooting 110 film or Minolta mm-hmm. 16, you can process your own, but these are hard to find. I know. These are. I know how many I'm giving you. I want them save back. it up for the submen. I'm gonna save. I'm gonna just not say a word. Great. What? I am so excited about this. Submen what? I'm doing submen. We just did a big submen. Dif- no. Different submen. Different submen. Oh, right. And the rest. All right. Yeah. Part two. Dun, 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 and the rest. You want me to give them back to you later? No. <laughs> no. 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 I haven't used a reel this small for first at one ten since high school. Wow. Exciting. Out of six or seven years. They were made out of wood back then. <laughs> Stone. Let's uh, we that was our treat letter. Let's start with a letter. Letter. Name. That's what I did. Shane Manzera. Hi Shane. Your Hi, Shane. name, Shane Manzera. Hi everyone. I love the show. I've been listening to the podcast in reverse order, I'm, and I'm at episode sixty-four. Isn't that hard to understand if it's in reverse order? That's what, that's actually recommended. Is it? Because the old shows are so old now. No, I didn't now. mean that. I meant reverse. Reverse. Listen to them in reverse. Oh. Oh, I mean like... <laughs> Keep going. Paul is a walrus or something? Something, I guess, yeah. That is the point where Leslie, where Leslie isn't there much. Sad face. And Fuji 3000B is still alive. Happy face. I shot two packs of Fuji FP 3000B during Roid Week and had a lot of fun. I have about 10 packs left and plan on finishing up this summer before the chemicals dry up. Right. Use it. Don't lose it. I was listening to a past show where Mike and Mark were testing on expired Polaroid packs and they were a bus. 
I remember that episode. Matt Mike. Oh, yeah. I would rather enjoy shooting the film than hoard them in the fridge for fear of it being gone, dry, mm-hmm. dried up, and have nothing. Yep, just shoot it. I have listened to the interviews by Matt when he was a f- at Photostock Fest and enjoyed them. I'm going. It sounds like a great time, and I hope to learn a thing or two. Hmm. I wanted to save a few bucks on the trip, so I placed an ad in Craigslist for a ride share and campus campsite share to see if anyone in the Twin Cities area was interested in going, and someone answered it. She saw Bill Schwab's webpage. I put my ad in, and it was something she wanted to do. Now, a complete stranger, whom I haven't met in person yet, and I have made plans to share expenses of Photostock Fest and the campsite. We're going paddling our kayaks out to Mackinac Island on one of those days. Oh, good luck. And shoot out there also. This will be quite an adventure. I'm interested in large format, but haven't pulled the trigger yet. I've been keeping my eye on eBay for a Graflex Super Speed graphic. I love the look of the press camera, and this model has some movements to work with. I hope to see some large format work and wet plate photography at Photostock. Hope to meet Matt and watch him work as well, and anyone else from the FPP that shows up. By the way, who else is going? Thanks for the entertainment, education, and wonderful music. Shane Manzera. Now, this was submitted back in April. So, I don't know if this is this year's photo stock in 2017. I'm assuming he's talking about that one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Wow, well, that's a lot. Uh, I hope you had a great time, Shane. Did anyone here go to photo stock? I, not this year, I did I not, unfortunately. Okay. I can tell you when next year's photo stock fest is. I thought oh. maybe you would update everybody with that. It's kind of I yeah. I didn't go one. this year. I just had too much going on in June, and uh, next year I'll be retired, so I can go and and not have to worry about that. I've already requested off for next year, so so you will be going next. Year? I'll be going next year. I yep. even reserved a hotel room already. Yeah, so. most of those rooms they'll be gone before. Well, probably by the time this airs. Yeah, no kidding. So photo stock is just in twenty eighteen is June twenty first or twenty fourth. Hopefully we'll have great weather and interesting speakers. I'm sure we'll have those, too. Oh, Bill can always round them up. Yep, yeah. he can. For folks who don't know what it is, what, just Google Photostock. Oh, uh, Photostock Fest. Yeah, photostockfest.com is kind of the, the hub for all of that. Yeah, yeah, and you'll see. And if you go to the face, if you're on Facebook, as if who isn't, um, and, look up, and look up the <laughs> Photostock on Facebook at the group, and you'll see lots of photographs from people who are there. Of the activities and people who were up there shooting will often post some of the shots that they took at Photostock hmm. and in their daily trips and all that kind of stuff. And from what I've never been, but from what everyone here has said over the years, it's a place to go where once you get there, you're there and you're there just to immerse yourself in shooting, yep. enjoying the company of other film shooters. Mm-hmm. And from what I've been told also, there's no, no one's shamed for shooting 110. Or shooting a sub, you know, sub miniature level, or right. shooting Super Eight. It's just like it's not like just for eight by ten shooters. It's no, it's, you know, it, you're there to shoot. There's even Dig. And this year there was um, apparently a lot of drone activity going on yeah. as well. Oh, so so folks brought drones and they were yeah getting shots. And it's really hard to fly those eight by tens up there. <laughs> <laughs> a little mini helicopter. Well, very good. And who is this from? Shane Manzera from Stillwater, Minnesota. Very good. Let's. Uh, who wants to start out with a TLR? Okay. Me? Yeah. Sure. I want to bring you back into the fold here. Since I have, you're a, I have a TLR. Let's see. Let's go with. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with this big guy because this is. What's a TLR? Um, it's uh, a twin lens reflex camera. It's that camera that has the the two funny lenses on the front. You look down through the top. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Um, and the one I brought today, this is something I did not know about, the Minolta Autocord. Yeah. Mm. I'm a big TLR guy. I have tons of them 
I have Rollies and Yushikas and all the usual stuff. I have Graflexes and whatever. I am stunned. <laughs> by the quality of the lenses in this camera and the feel of it and the usage of it it's very uh it's it's very similar but yet very different uh, from my roly uh, roly flex i've got a 2.8e which is one of my day-to-day top five favorite cameras i own uh, and i take that thing everywhere this has a very sort of similar feel to it the nice thing about this one that my e doesn't have is Ooh, it's got a built-in light meter nice mm. It's got a, um, a selenium light meter, which, because it has this little flip-closed cover, it works great. So you actually can meter with it. When I shot with it, I was checking my meter against an actual light meter just to be sure, and it seemed like it was actually pretty accurate. These were produced mid-50, mid to late 50s, I think, 50, wait, yeah, 55, yeah, sorry, 55 to 66 they made these. But there were about 13 different variations of the camera. So there's a chart online you can look up. If you get one that says Minolta Autocord, you can go through your chart to nail down exactly which one you've got. The one that I have is called the Autocord LMX. This one was actually produced in 1958. That's the one that has the selenium meter and um, has the um, Sakosha MX shutter on it. If you're familiar with, with Rolly Flexes, it's really similar to, to use in most respects. It's got this, the right side hand crank. You crank it down to, to wind it or to advance it back to wind gone. it. Yeah. Um, your shutter's in the same place. Your, your uh, f-stops and your shutter speeds you, you use with your two thumbs and you, you've got the little windows on the top so when you're looking straight down at it you'll see everything that you're getting. The weird thing about it is your focusing, which is the one thing that everyone says, oh yeah, the one with the funny focus. So at the bottom of the camera, mm-hmm. it's got a little lever. That's how you actually focus, is on the bottom of the camera. That's fantastic. Apparently, this is often broken off. Oh. Mine, luckily, is in great shape, but apparently they often get broken off. That's fun. So you can hold it, you know, you're holding it yeah. in your two palms. You know, usually you hold the right side in your palm and your left hand is the one focusing. With this one, you can hold it in both of your palms. So it's a little more precise if you're focusing close up. The light meter in it is very interesting because it uses a completely freaky EV meter that they came up with. And the way you meter it is, this big knob on the side, you turn to the, uh, to the film speed that you're using. So like, let's say I crank it to 400. Now when I meter it, it shows me a number between uh, 4 and 18. EVs, yeah. Probably an EV, yeah. Yep. And then your shutter and apertures <gasps> have these little numbers, and what you do is you add those two numbers together to get your correct exposure. Goodness. So, like, wow. right now, in here... It's, get my flashcards ready. It's saying 12. <laughs> yeah. So, my meter is saying 12. So, uh-huh. I can go and let's say, can... let's say I put my shutter speed at 6, and oh. I can put my aperture at 6. They just need I to know... equal 12. Either one. Either one. Yeah. yeah. So, or I can I can put my aperture at nine, and then I can put my shutter speed. Uh, you know, so you can exposure equivalence. Yeah, every so first can, grader should have this camera. It's That's a really right. interesting <laughs> way of. Uh, 
When, so when you're looking at the front of the camera, you can't actually see, other than bulb, um, you can't actually see what your aperture or shutter exactly. speed even is. You just know the total. Yeah. Um, when you look down at the top, then you can see what you're actually selecting. Okay. But, so on the, on the actual lens itself, they don't tell you what your different shutter speeds and, and whatnot are. It's a really interesting little system. And at first I thought, well, that's silly. You know, yeah, why would you even bother using that? But then once I actually took a look at it, I realized, oh, that's so easy. Um, to just glance down, and I see. Oh, I've got a fourteen. Well, let me do a. You know, let me do an eight and a six. Done. Uh, and you can just go ahead and shoot with it. Um, other little feature that I like about it is uh, your crank on the side. When you're not using it, it just flips up into a little holder. Oh, you like that part of it? I like that. I, I, uh... Because, ironically, on my Rolleiflex, mine has broken off. Ah, uh, okay. So my my Rolleiflex is a little awkward to advance and cock. I've got to fix that on mine. So I kind of like that's a slick little slick little thing. Um, everything else about it is, if you're familiar with Yoshika TLRs, you know, it's very similar to a Yoshika, the way that you're, you've got the sports finder, you've got the magnifier that pops up. You've got a pretty pretty good uh, piece of glass on the inside, not as bright as a Rolleiflex. Otherwise, uh, it takes standard cable releases. You don't need to use your Leica nipple. Uh, it's got X-Sync with a PC port, so you can use modern flash. It's got a cold shoe on the side, so you can shoot with regular flashes. This sort of came out Ironically, this sort of came out to battle Rolleiflexes at a fraction of the price. So this camera, when this when this was new in the late mid to mid to late fifties, these were ninety nine dollars. Whoa! The Rolleiflexes were two hundred and fifty dollars. You can't even buy so, it for ninety nine dollars now. No, yeah, they, that's about about what it's held itself for. But yeah, so you know, for a, a substantially less money than you could get a Rolleiflex for, the quality of the lenses is amazing. I was blown away when I got this back. I, I've shot with a ton of the Yashikas and all the different ones, and I really like them, but nothing compares to my Rolleiflex. When I, anything I take out of my Rolleiflex, especially black and white, it just looks like 1960, and it's beautiful, and it's crisp, and I love it, and that's, this one almost does that. And even, you know, this, it's got kind of sort of the same price comparison today. If you're looking for a good, you know, not necessarily a 2.8, but let's say you're looking for a good late 50s, early 60s Rolleiflex 3.5, you'll spend a few hundred dollars. This... Uh, Minolta Autocord, depending on exactly which one of the 13 you get, make sure you get a good one, uh, you can get these for $75, $100, $125. So they're substantially cheaper. They're in the Yushika 635 sort of price range, but I would take this out over the 635, especially with the light meter on it um, any day now, now that I've shot with it. so. Did you mention how the light meter is powered? It's selenium. Selenium, okay. Yeah. And luckily, this one has been closed up. It's got a flip-down cover. Oh. So it still works great because it's been sealed up for years. Okay. I have a comment. Yeah. So if you find a Meopta Flexoret, they have the same way of adjusting your focusing with a, with a little oh, yeah. knob on the bottom as these do. So okay. you could have one of these and then a Flexoret, and you wouldn't have to switch back and forth. And the Flexorets, I had a Flexoret 7, I think, and it was a nice camera. I don't recall what I thought of the lenses or anything, but they're supposed to be pretty good. And you probably, it's the same, same thing. You can probably get them at a fraction of the price you get a Raleigh for. I've never, I've never even heard of the Flexrate. Can you even oh, get yeah. those? Yeah, they're, made, they're, the made, in, they're yeah. made in Czechoslovak, yeah. Oh, they're, they're funky little cameras. The lenses on them have a, a very unique kind of, I just say, crunchy look to them. They're, Mariana loves yeah, them. Yeah, that was Mariana's camera choice, yep. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know. And You're saying Czechoslovakia and crunchy, and it's, that's, it's giving me an image in my head of like something like a Lubitel that I don't know if I would want. Oh, no. This has the, the Japanese elegance to it. <laughs> and, they all, like. and they have to also made it larger, so you may have heard of, yes. heard of them. Oh, that okay, yeah. 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 Thank you, Mark. Yeah, sure. Mr. Mark O'Brien, would you like to talk about a TLR? TLR? 
Oh, let's see. I think my favorite TLR, low, my favorite budget TLR would be the Yashica A. Cause Me it's, too. It's pretty simple. I'm with it, you. It, it's always, always works. No, that's mine, man. And uh, <laughs> yours is prettier than the one I had. They had I think they had a def- bunch of different iterations of the Yashica A. Well, that's a D anyway. And uh, and so anyway, it's a uh, pretty simple. You've got the you know your aperture control on one side of the dial, and then you've got your shutter speed in the, on there too, and then punch it away. Very it, nice. It doesn't have any uh, nothing. There's nothing exotic about it or anything like that. Just basic, no frills TLR. Dalzell, are you doing a re- report on the Yashica? No, I've got a D here. We oh, I see. Okay, about. very good. Did you have an, some kind of TLR update, Matt? Yeah. Um, so my, my one of choice that I always recommend if you're looking to get into it, and you know most people come in saying, oh, I want the Vivian Meyer camera. Of they don't even, they don't <laughs> yeah. even they don't know, know what it is. is. They just know that's what they want. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, no, that's a Roly. Uh, we do have a Roly. Uh, I, you know, I flip the price tag, and then after the shock hits them, uh, I pull a Yashica Mat 124G Fantastic. off the shelf. Yeah. Uh, Midwest a few months oh, okay. ago. Nice. Uh, got... I don't know if it was a donation or a trade-in from a, a school that was getting rid of a bunch of them, and we had over a dozen. And uh, at the time we're recording, I think we're down to nine of that dozen already. But I mean, they're just beautiful. You know, the nice black finish, uh, great. It's I think it's a is a two eight view and a yep. three five uh, three yeah. five taking lens. Uh, a lot of them, the meters work. So I mm-hmm. was the guy testing them, made sure all the shutters work. Uh, even if they're ones that are feeling a little tight or it's it's not quite there. There's uh, one of our one of the guys I've recommended on previous podcasts, Andrew Coleman out of uh, Pittsburgh. He can actually service those the Shika mats, and he does it at a ridiculously good price. So uh, shout out to him. It's uh, gemcameras at gmail dot com. Very nice. Wow, coming around to Leslie. Oh so this is like good camera, good camera, crappy camera, like in the old days, Mark. Yeah, yeah. butter, not butter. You know, I <laughs> I titled my little segment here on paper the Lubitel T. TLR, delightfully plastic Lubitel 2. <laughs> then I put a little insert. The the or better yet, the not so delightfully plastic TLR. <laughs> so some time ago, this young kid comes in my store. No, it wasn't Matt Mirage. Okay, <laughs> and he had a Lubitel, and I thought, I'm jealous. This young whippersnapper's got a camera he doesn't even know about or respect or anything else. And I wanted one and uh, never got my hands on one. It's just a matter of time, and they all fall in your lap eventually. And then uh, FPP pal Kyle Michael says, I've got one. (laughs) You want to use it? And he's lent me a couple cameras I've talked about on the show. So it's always nice. Hit your friends up, get something different. And he brings this in, and this dang thing looks like it is brand new. This is going to be fun. So I finally got my Lubitel to shoot with. Even on my notes, I wrote, Oi. (laughs) (laughs) And I usually do a little bit of, I always do a little bit of research on a camera before uh, I chat with you or before I even use them. And this was no different. And what I, of course, knew about it right away is it is, as we're talking about, a twin lens reflex, a TLR. Flips up the top, you look down into it, it's got a shooting lens and a taking lens. They've been around, uh, TLRs themselves have been around since 1870, which kind of surprised me. We are all familiar with the classic shape we've talked about here today. It was made popular by Roly, Roloflex. That's what we think of. 
but I'm going to tell you the similar similarities between this camera and the Rolleiflex is uh, <laughs> is about a, a, a mile off recognition of them. I can't, you know, they kind of look alike. That is it. And I, you know, I'm not saying they should compare, but you kind of think a camera with a big negative maybe is going to give you just a little bit more than what I got out of this. I uh, also realize this is a Russian camera, and I speak a little bit of Russian. Or as they would say, Nimnoga. That's a little bit. That's a very fun one to say. But Lubatel means amateur in Russian. God bless them. I don't know what they had against the amateurs. You know any other any I want Russian a Lubatel words? shirt me, now. Me as a yeah. Leslie. <laughs> okay. My name is Leslie. I could go on, but there's no point. <laughs> what the hell? Do you understand English? On a good day. <laughs> anyway, this, this classic Lubitel here um, shoots 6x6, six six, a square negative. I get 12 images on a roll of 120 film. 6x6 six six or 2 and a quarter by 2 and a quarter. And it started off with um, the original Lubitel. As I mentioned, I have a Lubitel 2. They made, God, I don't know who bought them. They made a million three hundred thousand Lubitels by the Gomes factory in Russia. They reevaluated the camera and added the self timer and a post for flash. Nice. You know, plug a flash mm-hmm. in, and that became the Lubitel too. Mm. It this there was two there again. They were still making them uh, in um, Gomes, and then later in the Lomo factory, still all in Lenin- Leningrad, and um, they were made. They made two million of them. I'm pretty sure there's about. One million nine hundred thousand of them still somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People sent them back. I don't know. Now I'm really being rough on this camera, but we did not get along. <laughs> they were made between fifty four, nineteen fifty four, nineteen eighty. Several versions, um, where it was Cyrillic on the name on the front. Mine is in um, uh, a script. Kind of helps you date it. They made them for other people. One name I recognized right away was Calamar. Oh, okay. They mm-hmm. made a TLR for Calamar. Yeah. And in, even though it wasn't discontinued yet, they made the Lubitel 166. You may be familiar with mm-hmm. that. And they started that in 1976, a few years later than quitting that. And mine is, I do know that mine is a Lomo version, not a Gomes version, uh, because of the case. The Gomes had a, a rather reddish brown case i have a black case i have no idea what this is made out of it's like <laughs> some freaky composite material it's shiny black looks like it's never been used suspect it's, like it's high gloss vinyl it's, very it's weird. like yeah. high gloss vinyl yeah. so and there again there are many there are many variations of this i know that mine is a zt-8 because of the shutter speeds it's a leaf shutter one fifteenth to one two hundred and fiftieth. That's all you need. Plus B. It's all you need, but not overly generous. The lens is four five to twenty two. Very absolutely t- typical seventy five millimeter, which is what are Standard. on those. Yeah, focuses down to four feet. <laughs> They're again not not overly generous. And this is a quote right off my paper. Lens quality is iffy. <laughs> it is not dreamy. It is iffy. Oh. And as I also made my notes, I have had much better results coming out of a box camera. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Uh, this one does have, and it came two ways. Mine does have a quarter 20 tripod socket, 
There are versions with the three-eighths. There were tons of these made, and as the name implies, it was really made for the amateur market. The price, of course, had to be very appealing for the amateur market, and one way to cut the price on these in production was in the body design. This cracks me up. This camera does not have leather on it, but it has leather texture Ooh. right here. Stamped it leather. It's stamped leather texture, which that's kind of a hoot. Like Bakelite. It, it's... Yeah. It looks aluminum-y. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe down a melted old tank seats or something. Who knows what. <laughs> it could be, yeah. <laughs> it really does have the standard features of an SLR, including it has the self-timer, the X-Sync. has X-Sync for flash, but no cold chew. So you got to bracket, bracket it or hold the darn thing. Yeah. The viewfinder. Man, you flip this thing up. Have you ever looked in one of these? No, never. Look how sweet that is. It's a joke. It's just going to leave a black ring around your eye. <laughs> also, also not generous. Isn't that bright? I mean brilliantly bright. It really is bright. It is worthless. <laughs> you cannot... That's not a focusing piece of glass. It's just a bright piece of glass. Uh, if you do not center your eye over it, you see, see a whole focus. round fringed area. Mm. If you're way off, you see the inside of the focusing box. I do like it has the geared front. I do. I it does like have those. the geared front, but that's a problem too that I'll yeah. get to. Um, <laughs> Looks cool though. It does have the nice clear glass. Mm-hmm. The center of it is what you think a cute mat for focusing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, <laughs> it is it is a blob mat. There's just a oh. blob of matness there that it, means nothing. It looks like it it does something, but it it, it I doesn't. Can tell it doesn't. Do but you know thing. what? It's okay because there's a flip up magnifier. Okay. Just as freaking worthless. Wait, oh, look at it. It's, because it's you can magnify crap, and it's still crap. <laughs> the glass has very little coverage, too. It's almost like looking through one of those uh, grain focusers, where you got to yes. have it at you, the right you angle. you got to be right. right. Exactly. And That's so weird. How do you get the magnifier up? Is there a flip switch? I don't remember. No, you have to reach in and grab it. Do I have to ask it kindly? Yeah, well, hmm. I wasn't work? kind at that point. I don't want to be either. Right, so we had this we had this great ultra bright viewfinder and we have a built-in oh. filter compartment. What the hey? Yep. Look on the side of that and you'll see yep. there it is. The camera didn't come with filters, but it's got a compartment. You could keep all kinds of things. Now, it's, a, screw, it's, yeah. a, it's a little screw lock area. And, of course, this thing's plastic. The screw and the spring are very tight. So if you unscrew it too far, it flies across the room. It takes your eye out. All those good things. You screw it down too tight. You break or strip the threads. So it just becomes totally worthless. This feels like a camera that it had, like, a bunch of great ideas that never got finished. I suspect you're right. And like I, I did mention it, I'm pretty sure it was even sold without the weird-ass filters that went on the front. <laughs> the film loading itself is rather typical to load, load it, um, but it is a red window system. Mm-hmm. I think it's the only thing cute about it. The red window has a cover to it. It doesn't slide. It's a little rotating knob with a little arrowy thing. And I think that's really kind of cute. But cameras don't fire on cuteness, kids. <laughs> Uh-oh. I, I accidentally talked the self, self-timer. It may never work again. <laughs> great. I borrowed that oh. camera. I'm going to own him 57 oh, cents. What is that? Huh? Oh, that's shutter speeds. I could feel gears moving when I moved it, but I see. That's just a really tight shutter speeds. <laughs> I'll just hand that away. <laughs> yeah. Can I make a comment? Yes. Um, this is an exact copy 
of the Voigtland are yes. brilliant. Which is pretty down. Although they did a better job on that part. Did they do? Did they do the filter? They had the filter things. Yeah. Okay. Now we get on to the next thing. As I mentioned, it's incredibly difficult to focus. Okay, it's not a big deal. I'll guesstimate focus. Sure. Why not? This is a problem for Leslie, not for the real world. I don't do meters. I do feet. It's in meters. Now I can't even read the dang scale. <laughs> the, the, the world is in meters. Though. The world is in meters. Leslie's in feet. The world okay. is in meters. So it's not a problem for anybody but me. So I thought I'm just going to shoot everything at infinity. I know where the lens stops, right? <laughs> and I used in my test rolls, I used Tri-X and Sunny 16 because mm-hmm. there is no meter in it. It's close enough Even if for there was, it wouldn't work. Yeah. And, and it did, actually. My negs weren't too bad. But... Um, in loading it, it does not have a. It does not cock the shutter from the film line. From the advanced so line. you can advance it one through twelve all by just missing the numbers or not realizing mm. it. It just keeps winding, and it's just a knob wind, not a nice crank wind that that cocks the shutter and gets everything going. And it's like nineteen forties it, TLR you know, technology. It doesn't. Yeah. When you crank wind, it winds at that precise amount the whole yeah. bit. Another problem is someone mentioned here the lens focusing. It's they're meshed together, the taking lens and the shooting lens, and those go sloppy and get out of sync with, with each other very easily. So you think you're focused if you can possibly manage that viewfinder, and then everything is John Fidelli 16 millimeter soft. <laughs> Fidelity soft. Fidelity soft. You know, and there are YouTube videos on how to uh, resync them up, get them back together again, which is, I guess, decently easy to do. All right. I have anything else? Oh Lord, how could I possibly forget this? We've got the film loaded. I think I've got the focus down to guessing. Um, I'm going to use Sunny 16, but I, I gotta, I gotta cock the shutter here and take the picture. They're just they're stupidly in the wrong place. It's hard to get your hand in there and cock the shutter and take the picture without tipping this camera back to look to see where you are. And that, of course, slows you down. I don't find this intuitive at all to do this kind of thing. Shutter's cocked, and when the shutter's cocked, it's barely over where you take the picture. You've got to get a fingernail in here because it's not wider. You've got to get a fingernail in there to get... And take the picture. It doesn't take cable release? What? <laughs> On this? I know. I know. You need tiny hands. <laughs> <laughs> I need tiny hands. So there's nothing fast about it. It's not necessarily a good street camera. When you have to tip it back to get your finger position waiting on your picture. And I, I read a quote about this. And the quote said, Lubitel 2 is a fun camera to use. No, <laughs> it is not. A bit dinky at times. I didn't feel it was dinky. I felt it was rugged enough for plastic. Interesting. Yeah, kind of. Old-fashioned. I don't know. It's probably why the kid was in the store. Charming. Not really. If I find an idiosyncrasy in a camera and people say, oh, I say, no, that's its charm. There's nothing freaking charming about this camera. Let's put it this way. The Lubitel 2 is no longer on my bucket list. If you look for one today, it will probably, well, not necessarily. A lot of them come from the Ukraine. There are some here, the U.S. They sell um, between, who 
dump this money on there. Between thirty to just under a hundred dollars. Oh my goodness! And oh. they're selling the goodies with it—the original box and that weird-ass case and all that kind of thing. That's pretty much worldwide. A lot of the U.S. do drop down to that twenty-five, fifty-dollar range. Thank, thank goodness. But um, I hope we have a little more show to go yet here so we can leave on a positive note absolutely because you're not going to get it out of me with this lubitel too i got something to brighten us up great oh, brighten us up <laughs> all right we're going to get hate mail oh, people love these oh, for sure <laughs> podcast at filmphotographyproject.com <laughs> attention leslie lubitel hater oh, be- before we go over to matt didn't lomo Lomography also have have the Lubitel reissued not too long I, ago. I believe they did. Yes, it's a one sixty six. I think it might be called one sixty six B. Yes, yeah. I, think I you're own right. one. Do you? It's not good. It's primitive. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's just as clunky as that yeah, one. Really. Did any of your images come out satisfactory, or they all come out sm- Actually, smeary? They all came out just fine. Okay, good. But they were all very soft, but not dreamy. Okay. It's just not a good lens. I don't. You don't mind this like dreamy stuff. That's charm. These were soft. These were, yeah. It had almost like a non-coated lens. They seemed to be a little flat in mm. contrast. And um, yeah. Well, we're gonna go over to Matt Marash. He's gonna cheer us up. With yeah. Lubitel, your images are copacetic. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so you guys aren't gonna believe this. It's 2017. Uh, I got this thing in the mail. Uh, let's see. Late last month, to test from a company we might have heard of before. They're, making, they're making something brand new. Brand That's new, new. It's a brand new timer. It looks like I pulled <gasps> it off of a set of Stranger Things. <laughs> it does. It's as, it's it, as retro it, as you remember. Best. It, it looks like one of the retro uh, bedroom alarm clocks. Yeah. No. It, it basically is. Uh, it's a very simple. Uh, it's a very simplistic. Um, compact. This is one of their com- new compact series timers. Uh, just, it's a classic, you know. If you've ever seen any Bessler piece of darkroom gear, yeah, uh, it's, it's exactly what it looks like. It's got that classic greenish glow tape from Bessler, but this one's just a very, very simple uh, four LED, uh, four-digit timer. It actually goes from ten. Uh, let's see, one second with hundreds of seconds. Uh, to ten or a thousand seconds, or sorry, ten thousand seconds. So it goes wow. nine 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 nine. So huh. this can be used for alternative process, lith printing, really really long stuff, all the way to very exacting, uh, you know, short programmable times. Uh, it's you know pretty st- straightforward. You have a plug for the enlarger, plug for your safe lights. This is your standard, uh, you know, three prong U.S. standard outlet. One was that one ten, one twenty, one twenty volt. Really easy to use, dead on accurate. A little finicky because there's only little four buttons to set everything, but it's got a nice click. You know exactly what's going on with it. But I was just so happy to see uh, that they're still God making new him. stuff. Um, of course, a lot of the classic Bessler gear they still make new, so you can still get a Bessler 45M, all the all that stuff. It's got a hefty price tag on it, but they still make it new. They still mm. make plates and holders and all that stuff, um, and they're actually uh, sending me products to have them tested out uh, before it hits market so i don't even really know the price of this guy yet oh. but they will be available uh late this year early next year where's it made oh this bessler is made in stroudsburg pa hey! 
Hey, by yeah, American. Hey. There you go. Yes, American I, I may have answered my own question here. That is not a process timer. No, it's I mean, an enlarging timer. It's an enlarging timer. But you timer. can use it for process just by throwing it over to the enlarger on there. So You, you could, but, but it doesn't like give you um, four different time modes, a warning before time one is up if you're using it to process film. My developer's done, and the next yeah, one Yeah, this is more just for gotcha. exposure. Yeah. Got it. So okay. I would use it for, like, all. I think it actually has more... Marvelous. I think it has more promise for alt process than it does mm-hmm. enlarging. But if mm. you want a new timer that has some fantastic customer service, uh, I couldn't believe. I was like, Bessler, they're still, like, sadly, you know, I work for a photo specialty place. And I was like, Bessler, they still make stuff? And, you know, no. uh, but they were super, uh, super responsive. Shout out to Vicky at Bessler, if you're listening. Uh, Ballpark. Ballpark price. I want to say it's probably going to be, like, two, three hunch. I'm sure it's going to be like that. It's pretty pricey. Yeah, uh, but again, I have no idea. <laughs> you know what's kind of pricey, though, is a used Gray Lab, even. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They can so, be well over $100. What is a Gray Lab? Gray Lab is a, a standard. Precision Better than timer. a time of light. A Gray Lab timer is that big one. Yes, I had one like the one in my bathroom. In the bathroom. Yes, yeah. exactly. Made in Centerville, Ohio, where you can still take your timer in and get it factory refurb for 65 buck. That piece of machinery there, I can get yeah. refurbed? Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Do you have a, a roundy timer? What kind of timer do you have, Mark? I have Calzo? the old, is it the time of light? I got the ancient uh, time of light. Cast, uh, cast iron. Smash yeah. it in the middle, middle to start it. Where you turn, turn it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I got a couple of those. Do you have the one in the bathroom, Mark, uh, Mark O'Brien? I have I have the, the square Grey Lab timer in, the, in okay. my dark room. Yeah. Those Grey Labs are classic. If, they are. Fun trivia fact, I always like to point it out. If you watch old, old episodes of any game show that was on Food Network, including like uh, Iron Chef America, they use a giant Grey Lab 900 huh. uh, for their timer. And then they went ditch like two seasons in. I'll have to watch that. Bummer. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue our 120 TLR Palooza. <laughs> hey, it's Mike here. I'm here in, in the FPP store with Matt, Lauren, and Leslie. Hey! hey. Here to talk about Kodak Film. I want everyone to go to thefilmphotographystore.com. That's our store to pick up a roll of Kodak Film. Why, Matt? Hey, well, because we have some of the best prices on the web. Bar That's none. right. We have extremely fast shipping. Super fast. Yes. Speed of light. <laughs> I think people are very happy because our FPP, our very technological, in-computer shipper, works directly with the U.S. Postal Service. So the shipping price is the actual weight of the product. When people buy a roll of film, they're like, like, they're like, great, it's a $2 roll of film. But yeah, now it's $15 after shipping. (laughs) Everything in the store is in stock. We now have the best prices on the web for Kodak Ektar, Kodak Portra 160 Portra, 400 T-Max, Tri-X. Forget about the superstores online. Superstores. You can get beautiful, fresh. Is that fresh? Kodak Film directly from filmphotographyproject.com. Click the store button. Lightning fast. So fresh it should be slapped. Exactly. I was going to say so fresh that it will give a strudel mouth. Fresh mouth. <laughs> What's so great about buying from the film photography store? I will tell you. It supports this show. What show? The Film Photography Project. That's right. We are passing along the best price to you. Filmphotographystore.com Kodak Film. Thank you very much. Thank you,
Hey, we're back. We have a letter from. This is from uh, our good pal down in uh, down in New Zealand, Mr. Stephen Ria. Oh. Yay! So uh, this was one that he he sent out uh, before he embarked on this giant trip to the uh, the United States this past summer. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. Let's see. Let me scroll through here. Da. Had a couple of orders sent way down here in New Zealand, and your service has been fantastic. Um, order from the FPP online yep, store. FPP yes. online store. On my last order, I made an outstanding purchase of the mighty plastic filmtastic debonair one twenty down here in NZ roll of Ektar cost just over twenty bucks a roll. So you can see why I've ordered off you guys in the past. He says he can buy just about any film from us, and it's less than half easily. But they buying what, it in New FPP. Zealand, yeah, over New Zealand. Why is that, Matt? Uh, they get Australia, and New Zealand get everything last. Uh, the import fees are insane, and the wait times for even when like electronics come out, they're always paying more, and they're waiting the longest. It's crazy. Your past few shoes have really given me gas badly. Haven't shot film for many years. Then on Christmas Day, I accidentally got a little drunk, bought a, bo- a box brownie on our version of eBay. Since then, uh, I've accidentally bought a Pentax Spotmatic F, the Mighty Debonair, Trip 35, Kodak 2A, a Leica M2, most of which I'm bringing with me to your wonderful country in a He's few short weeks. He's kind of accident prone, isn't he? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's a series. They're getting worse. While I'm there, I really hope to get my hands on a good Argus C3. I, oh, oh, I'm, oh. I'm certain he found one. <laughs> yes. Hard. Yeah. yes. Yeah. Just, just trip on him in the Midwest. All right. Let's see. You guys even convinced me to start developing my own black and white film. It's a real thrill seeing those negatives at the end. Makes me feel like I've really made something yes. as an artist. All right. I'm a truck driver down here and spend about 70 hours a week on the road, so the last few months I've listened to all the shoes. Wow. I feel like I know you all. I love the old-timey humor and sound effects. All right, flicker name S Ria, and uh, to kind of wrap uh, wrap up the letter, he actually booked some time. Uh, he wanted to learn how to print uh, from his black and white negatives, which mm-hmm. it's always great when you very very much know what you're doing with black and white neg- uh, negatives. He came in with some awesome negatives. We learned how to proof them, make contact sheets. We printed uh, up in my dark Oh, you room. guys, he, yeah. he came to Columbus. That's why yeah, he, he was coming, that letter. He was coming yeah. through. Yeah, uh, so we did some awesome awesome printing. Um, we did black and white RC, left with some fiber prints. That was pretty sweet. And, uh, and then we had a, a, an afternoon the next day where we, uh, we went and shot some large format. He wanted to get uh, even more gas, perhaps accidentally getting a 4x5. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. He came here with his wife, right? Yes. They were together. And it was one giant, giant kind of cross-country You watched road him go trip. across, because I'm mm-hmm. Facebook friends, you watched him go across America, and they had an... Amazing time. And he was the nicest nicest guy, and he had a really interesting take and just kind of viewpoint of, uh, you know, the United States. It's really oh, interesting. I believe he really likes racing, yeah. right? Um, yes. Like stock. Sprint cart racing. Spring. Yes. Mm-hmm. What is his Flickr name? Uh, S. Rhea. Oh, there's a lot of them on Flickr. Mm-hmm. S. Rhea 200. Let me just see if I... S. Rhea. I can't find him. Oh, yeah, sorry. And it's pronounced Steve Ray. Steve Ray. Oh, yeah. Steve Ray. Yeah, yeah. Ray. Oh, that sounds a lot cooler. Not confused with Stevie Ray. I would say Rhea. Stevie Ray Vaughan. So, so how long did you guys hang out? Uh, a couple days. Oh, okay. <coughs> yeah, but it was really cool because he just kind of made it so, like, just the tail end of the trip was uh, was in the Midwest. So. Pretty cool. Well, very good. I'm very happy that the FPP online store has come through for so many people. 
and that the prices even you know I, I do get a lot of emails about <coughs> complaining about shipping of you know kind of groaning about shipping but I don't he, think people shipping everywhere people aren't taking in consideration that the price of the film is cheaper than most stores so a lot of, of folks haven't pulled the trigger on a, our C41 kit because they don't want to pay so if the C41 kit is $21 or $20 it's going to cost them $20 to ship mm-hmm. overseas but Taking consideration, hold your ears, Matt, that you could process 35 rolls of film, if you do the math, it's still damn cheap. So when, when anybody asks me, I, I do have some FPP uh, listeners that walk into Midwest uh, that inevitably do have to buy the C41 kit still from FPP because they ask me, and I'm like, uh, Mike's selling it for less than my dealer costs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So, no. Uh, you're, you, do you're you guys asked. sell that kit at Midwest? Yes, we do. What do you guys charge for it? I think it's 40 bucks. 40 bucks. Yeah. That's like the standard. Is it really? Mm-hmm. So, us and, like, the freestyle, we're selling it way low. Way low. Killer. Wow. 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. Friends with them. I forget that sometimes retail stores, you walk into a, a camera shop, and you guys are a large camera shop. Yeah, we really don't you, do the, the press kits, though. We do, like... The large order RA four and right yeah so it's that's a minimal minimal thing yeah wow okay well very good do we have another letter or is Mark Dalzell ready I think he's ready oh anytime oh I'm just uh, you know well this is what happened I'm gonna I'm gonna tell everyone because I have to tell you I was thrilled because I own two Yashika A's and I love it but we're not that's not what we're talking about we're talking about about the Yashika D no we're talking about the Yashika A oh I. What are I, we talking about? What happened was I just I, I grabbed the wrong camera off the shelf and I've been walking around with a Yushika A for like the last three days, thinking I was walking around with a Yushika D in my hands. Have we ever? Have you ever talked about the Yushika? No, a? I haven't. I, I I just got this actually a couple weeks ago. The Yushika A is one of my favorite cameras. It's simple. It's easy to use. You know, a lot of the TLRs that like even the the uh, what was the what was it? Minolta Auto cord. cord. Yeah. Oh, Autocord. Autocord, yeah. Minolta make that? Yep. It's, it's a lot of stuff on it, a lot of this. and that. Simple, beautiful. Please tell us about it. I love it. Well, yeah. So, apparently, what I've got with me today is the Yashica <laughs> A, not the Yashica D. The Canadian version. As, yeah, right. <laughs> what kind Why of is camera that? is that? Yashica A? a? Yeah. Oh. Yashica what? Yashica A. I know, you said Yashica, but Yashica what? Thank you. I'll be here all week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As as I was saying, you know, whatever, forty five minutes ago, I'm a fan of the Yashica TLRs. The uh, the Mat one twenty four used to be one of my main main cameras until I stumbled onto my Rolleiflex. But I've got pretty much all of them. Uh, I love them. This is my first A, so this is the earliest of the Yashica TLRs that I've got, and I like it. It's you know, Mike was saying it's it's not quite as fiddly as the Autocord, which is true. But I, to me, it's one step too primitive. Everything that everything we've said so far with TLRs, the autocord, um, the uh, even the Lubitel that you were talking about, these are all basically from the same era. These are yes. mid fifties. This came out in. It's there's some argument online exactly when, but we're going to say 1955 ish, 1956. To put it in the in the sort of economic scheme of things, I was saying that the a Rolleiflex mid fifties Rolleiflex was two hundred and fifty dollars. A mid fifties autocord was one hundred dollars. 
a mid fifty Yashica A was thirty dollars. Seriously, thirty bucks. Thirty get this bucks for that steel. So this was one tenth the price of a Rolly Flex, and ten times as popular because of the price. Well, exactly. Yeah, so better than the man. Flex. Wow, What's that? and better than a Cirroflex. Yeah, yeah, Oof. yeah. So this is a great little camera. It's very limited. If you're familiar with the uh, <laughs> with the later, especially the Yashica Matte, which yes, which is pretty like, common. Uh, a really. What did you come in with? Is that a, is that a silver? Oh, you got a gray A. Oh. You have, what do you have, brown A? No, it's a gray one. Oh, gray A. My, mine, is, mine is a gray one from a smoky household. Black mm. one? I have a black A. Apparently there was a red. And a? I found this monster. Oh, oh, oh 22. Yeah. The beef. That's rare. Those, those didn't come with an upside-down lens. Fo- How those much can I sell this for? Uh, C, C22s, What's uh, the they go it? about 250 with the 82.8 with a working shutter. What, what lens is on it? 82.8. Is it? I don't know what's on. Did you already look? No, that's what it looks like. Oh, 105.35. Yeah. 105.35. It's a little longer. Nice. Yeah. That cost me $50. It's not bad. You bought a camera? My 330 was free. (laughs) Where'd you get it? Well, so, as I was saying, the uh, shutter speeds, apertures... Oh, what are you doing? are slightly limited. Your shutter speeds run from 20, uh, 25th to a 300th. So you're missing some on either side. And a bulb, obviously. Everything's got bulb. I just want to tell everyone at home that I have my ex- the exact camera that Mark's talking about. Like, as he's talking about, I'm following at home. Exactly. Follow right, the back I have, of the ball. I ha- I'm holding the same camera as he's talking about. I'm, like, looking at it, marveling at it. Please <laughs> yeah. continue. Like, Sing oh. along, Mitch. So we got 25th to 300, as you can see there. Uh, your apertures run from 3.5 to 22, which is... Unless you've got a Rolleiflex 28, it's the same. You know, the TLRs are always 3.5-22. Unless it's a Lubitel. You've got your standard Yashica shutter release on the front with the little screw-off where you can put the Lake and Nipple on if you want to run a, a cable. It's got a PC port. Sinks at all speeds because it's got your little leaf shutter. Cold shoe on the side so you can, you can hang a flash off of it. The thing that I do not like about it, which I'm used to with my more modern TLRs, is you wind it with your right hand... You focus it with your left hand, and you shoot it with your right index finger, unless you're using the auto cord, in which case, you know, you got the focus on the bottom. This one, your focus is on the right side, and it's got a crank film advance. Yeah. So on this one roll of film, I've already gotten one blank frame because I went to focus it and I accidentally advanced oh. a frame. Because they're right it next to each other. They're even a similar size. It doesn't lock. There's no double exposure prevention. There's no double advance. So They copied that from Lubitel. Yeah, you got to be careful <laughs> on that. So that's the only thing that, you know, shot number three on this particular roll of film is blank. And it annoys me that and now i got to pay attention. But, I, you know, mm-hmm. like anything, you'll get used to it. Um, it's got the, uh, the Yashicore three element. It's got a, a 3.5 viewing and taking lens on it. The, the later, once you get up to the Yashica Ds, you started getting the four element Yashinan, which is what they then used later on in the, Yashi, in the mat yeah. and all those later on. So, much better lens. Um, but what are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, 30 bucks, it's a, that's a nice camera for 30 bucks. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was saying when you left. No, no, when you left the room, I was saying in the mid 50s, when a, a Rolly Flex was $250. This autocord was $100. The Ishika A was $30. Oh, my gosh. That, that was the retail amazing. price in 1955. How much did you pay for that? Uh, five. Oh. I paid 30 for mine. I paid 71 well, you for bought mine. yours new. Oh, you got a sticker <laughs> how much you paid? That's awesome. I put a sticker how much I paid for it. <laughs> yeah, the 70? 71 bucks on these eBay sell, in yeah, 2010. 
Huh. Yeah, these sell the very the, mo- the most you would ever want to pay for one of these would be about seventy dollars. So oh. anything above seventy, oh, you got okay. Off. So I did okay. No, yeah. That was oh. <laughs> no, they the the, uh, they came in uh, in the black and the gray. The gray is slightly less common, so you'll pay a bit of a premium. It Maybe. doesn't mean anything whatsoever, but no. it looks cool. If you're if you're a big Yashica TLR head like I am, um, and you've got a Yashica forty four, which is one over there on the shelf in its box, which I'm jealous. You're familiar with what a gray Yushika TLR looks like. So mm-hmm. this is, it's the same gray. Mine was in a pretty smoky household. When I got this, it was, it was literally brown. And I scrubbed it with a toothbrush and got it back up to gray, but not as clean as yours. Oh, yes, yeah, beautiful. Um, really so you'll pay a bit of a premium yeah. for the gray, but still. Would you like to hold it? Um, yes, I would. You know, the, uh, you know, one in good working condition, you'll pay 60 to $80 probably in the ballpark. Yours is so clean and it's gray. You know, you'd probably pay a bit of a premium. That might be as much as a hundred. Yeah, I don't regret paying seventy one. No, 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 that's fine. It. Yeah, you got a good deal there. Uh, when you pop up the viewer, you got the typical Yashica. It's got the grid lines, um, the the rule of thirds grid line there. It's got the sports finder, the pop up magnifier. Everything else is very Yashica matte ish. So for folks listening at home, on any of these TLRs or most of them, when you say a sports finder, that's like looking through a little square of metal. So you don't have to look through the lens. Like. Looking through a hole. Yes. So when you're, if you're, when you're shooting with this thing, if you've ever shot with a TLR, you may not realize, since you're bouncing your image off the mirror and you don't have the prism, it's not like doubly reversing your image. So when you pan left, the image goes right. Everything's kind of backwards. So if you're at a car race or a foot race or something and you're trying foot to race you're, you're trying to <laughs> like the first time you're trying to it's like, oh, yeah you're hey. trying to pan across <laughs> or you're just trying to center something in the frame and you keep moving this the camera the wrong way it, you know even even me who, who has done this a lot i still get confused sometimes mm-hmm. so they've got the sports finder which you can yeah which you've already done with yours but, but you can pop this down oh great mine doesn't work mine's worn out there we go there you go uh, so you can look you straight p- through the back of the yep. camera and then nice makes it easier here. to pan across a scene if you're trying to yeah. catch something that's moving. So that's, that's why we say sports finder. Mm-hmm. So the, the cold shoe, which holds the flash, is kind of wacky because... Not it's a backwards f- cold shoe, yes. Like mm-hmm. some flashes you can get on it, like this one's fine. Yeah. But this flash, which only is one-sided, yeah. will uh-huh. not fit unless you machine off... This nub, which yeah, or the back tab to your. So yeah, your what fly. do you do? You just find a flash. That well, you can machine off the nub, but yeah, you just have to find an old flash that oh, can that can. This go is on actually backwards. a new flash or a bracket. Oh, just I a cheap flash. flash. I say, yeah, I shouldn't say old. No. You just have to find a flash that can slide on onto the shoe backwards. If you have no idea what we're talking about, usually you slide the flash onto the camera from the back of mm-hmm. the back side of the camera. This camera, you have to slide it on from the front of the camera. You could also try undoing those four screws and spinning. Spinning the shoe around, around. that might I work. Think. Folks listening at home, I have to tell you, and I, I mean this sincerely, I'm very getting, getting excited about shooting something. Like, I want to go out and shoot. After all this talk of the autocord, which is incredible, now I'm talking about my crappy camera, which is the Chica A. It's not a crappy camera. I've oh, shot with man. this. It, this. Have you shot with yours yet? I, I'm sh- currently shooting. It makes beautiful square images. And I will say this, and I'm, I can almost be positive sure. You would love Instagram. <laughs> well, I mean, I've seen a square before. I know what a square is. You put is. the square... Well, <laughs> you don't have to be square on Instagram anymore, but you could be. So you, let's say you, you just developed and you have that picture in your phone, digital, digitalized. You go to Instagram, you post it, and you're like, oh, man, that's great. Look on my Instagram. And you'd have so many friends on Instagram because so many Instagram 
uh, users are on listening to the FPP, then because Instagram is owned by Facebook, you just one click of a button and put it, it duplicates it right on your, your Facebook feed. Hmm. By the way, the super was by, and I'm like, listen, I mean, if those guys upstairs, they're really heavy handed. I mean, they're, it sounds like they're dropping weights. Like kegs, and they're just kegs, rolling yes. them across the I'm like, is, are you sure the, the, the roof can. Ha-? He's like, listen, this is all concrete. Don't worry about it. <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about. No, because when the concrete comes down, it's going to kill us. Don't Con- worry about it. You're going to be dead. Because it could happen. <laughs> no. <laughs> So the Yushika A, when did you get first get a Yushika A? Uh, a few weeks ago. Okay. I just got this a few weeks ago. Someone walked into the store with it. Someone oh, just yeah. walked into the store yeah. with it. And it was in such a condition, dirty, that it was just worth $5. The, yeah, the, the, um, the shutter wouldn't fire. It was gummed up. And it was just brown with smoke. So I, I gave her 5 bucks for it. Because I, I didn't know if it was savable. Did you explain to her that, hey, the shutter doesn't fire? This is yeah, I showed her. I said, it's dirty. You know, it's dirty. This, this may end up just sitting on my shelf. I'll take a chance that I can get the shutter working. And Yeah, so I, I, pulled, the front lens, I pulled the lens off and soaked it in naphtha and blew it out and soaked it and blew it out. And eventually mm-hmm. it came back to life. So now it yeah, shoots great now. Why? Look at that logo on the top. Why is that? It's a different like on your. It says there's a Y, like an old-fashioned Western-style Y on yours. Yeah. Yeah. But on my, my the black Lashik A, there's like a fantastic four, like a four. Oh yeah, mm, it's weird. Did you get a? Is that a finder off another camera? No, 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 no. They changed their logo. <laughs> yeah, but I've never seen a four. And oh. they did it. I, I don't know exactly when the date was, but it. it if, if you look at some of the other Yashika SLRs and all that, the same thing. Oh, is it a four or is it a Y? I An upside down Y. It's a Y. Mm. No, it's not a four. That's why. I could make an A out of it. You can make a oh, hat. Could Broach, be. a pterodactyl. Could be. And if you do it this way, it's a lower T. Oh, well, there you go. It's like Da Vinci Code. Mark O'Brien, you own an A as well? Yeah, I do. Do you enjoy shooting with it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that looks... And that's different than the logo that's on my Yashica, too. Okay. So they... Uh, this matches mine. I think mine was earl- an earlier one, and you had a... What, oh, that's lens? a T. A Yashimar. I think mine has a Yashimar lens on it, too. Matt, do you get these in the shop? Um, really, we see far more of the 124Gs. Uh, probably the most common ones we have, if you were to walk into Midwest Photo any day, you'd see a 124G, and you'd see a, like a pristine C330, because we always mm. seem to get those. Um, but none of the, not too many of the other ones. I think we might have a couple 635s, and uh, there are some, there's a nice pair of autocords right now, too. So Minimum focus is only 3.3 feet. Yeah, but it's That's good. better than the Lubitel. What was Lubitel? Four. Four. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you're looking, if you're if this is piquing your interest for TLRs and you want to get a proper TLR, not like a Lubitel or not like a Duoflex or something like a fake TLR, <laughs> I would just say get get the the Mat One Twenty Four. They're they're solid, excellent. Solid. Right. Start. It's you're going to pay slightly more than you would for an A B C D any of those. But, but it's going to last. Yeah. Make, make sure great. the meter works. They're modern. It's, it's yeah. They, they've got a really nice meter. Right. It takes a proper. Well, it takes a 625 battery, but you can stick whatever you want for a battery. So this was made specifically for the U.S. because it's in feet. Is there any other country that uses, what do you call the system that we're on? Imperial. Oh, for real? Yeah. English. Archaic English system. <laughs> Thank you. Is, uh, is the UK on the same system? They went metric, but some things there, are they still they use, use like gallons for... They, they, they <laughs> they're, they're like kind of mix it up. Like miles per gallon, they still do. I said this before, maybe a few shows ago, like, you know, a few years ago. When I was in sixth grade in 1976, it was announced that we're going metric. Do you folks remember oh, this? Oh, yeah. I do remember yeah, that. I do remember that. And it was going to be like a big deal. Do you know what we did? 
What? So what happened? Somebody in Washington like put the like who put the kibosh on that? Everyone did. Number one. They couldn't be bothered. Yeah, they couldn't be bothered. One of those didn't didn't bother. Something. It what, just, I'm sorry. What, didn't understand it, maybe? We should have converted to the metric yes, system. we should have. It would have been difficult at first, but just like kids today who are born who, like, they already know what a computer is. They already know, yeah. They already know. You well, know, you have to learn both. Friends Everyone has to learn both. Switched over. Well, kids today still haven't. Kids haven't switched over. I know. They I learn in kids school. Yeah. Oh, they learn meters and... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah but... Okay. Why yeah. But they, they can't even bounce a checkbook, feed. so you know. Right. Oh, what's all evens out? What's a check? What's a check? So is that your report on the Yashike? Yeah, I haven't. Uh, I'm, I mean, clearly, by the time this airs, there will be scans up online. I'm, I'm, I'm halfway through a roll of uh, of some nice Fuji, so I'll have it up there. And I'm, I'm, I pretty much know what to expect. I've used all of the Yashikas. I like them. Um, I'm not expecting to be. Blown away, but they're great. What kind of Fuji film do you have in there? Uh, the uh, Pro 400H. Oh, no kidding. Okay. A slightly expired role. That yeah, okay. That's, that's a nice great. film. Yeah, I've been savoring it in the freezer for a couple of years. I'm, I'm very happy. I always hear when you uh, take some film out of the freezer and shoot it. I, have, I, I always surprise myself when I dig in there like, oh, I need some Color 120. Oh, my God, I've got... 20 rolls of 400 VC Portra. Like, where, where do I have that? Like, so do you only stuff. take out of the freezer, like any new film you buy goes in the freezer, and you're, are you rotating it by any, any program? Most of what I have is, well, or, no. Or is it mood, whatever mood you're in? Any, any big rolls I have, like big spools go in the freezer, and anything I, sometimes, I'll, like I bought a bag, a big bag of exciting film from somebody, all 120 and 220, and that went in the freezer, because I knew that I wasn't going to be getting to it anytime soon. So now, occasionally, if I, it's a special occasion, I'll dig into that big bag and pull something interesting out. And do you have your own fridge freezer for film, or do you share it with your family? Uh, I have I have a fridge freezer that is my dedicated film fridge freezer, and then I have a second freezer that has other film in it, and then I have a third fridge freezer that has home or at your studio. It. One's at home, and two are at the studio. I have a lot of fridge okay. freezers with film in it. Anything <laughs> at your music shop? Uh, yes, I have a fridge at my music shop which has a few rolls of film in it. Uh, Mark Dalzell. <laughs> Just in case an emergency breaks out where I need a roll of film. Mark owns uh, Metropolis Music in uh, not good enough? Metropolis. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Superman flying by. People, people call, I can always tell when somebody calls for the first time, usually a telemarketer, and they start to read the word thinking that they're going to be saying metropolitan. Yes. So they say, is this Metropolis you music? You just hang up on them? <laughs> no. Do you have any FPP listeners just waltz on in? Not too often. It has happened. Okay. I have one, one, uh, one listener in particular who stops by. He's also a guitar player who happens to live in Jersey City. So, oh, okay. Very uh, good. Yeah, he'll stop by. And we talk about this and that. Now, why is it that people constantly... Ooh. Why is it that people are constantly walking in with vintage cameras and think... It's a music store. Why do they even think that you will buy a camera? Well, I deal with a lot. I live in an urban area, very high population density, and uh, I have a lot of estate clean-out people who come in to sell me, you know, clarinets or ukuleles or whatever. And when they come in, I say, oh, yeah, I'll buy your thing. But also, I buy old cameras. If it's made of plastic, I probably don't want it. But if it's made of metal, bring it to me. Or any kind of, if, if you find something you don't know what it is, bring it to me, because I want that too. If it's got gears or levers or knobs or gauges on it, bring it to me. So uh, I have like a little army of 
estate clean-out people who bring me interesting things. So this is a particular woman who every month or so comes in with a couple of things. I'm like, well, no, there's two Instamatics that are worthless, and, oh, you've got a Yushika A. Yeah, I'll give you five bucks for that. Okay. So I never know. That's where I got my 8x10 was an estate clean-out guy who wandered in, wheeled it in in its case. Is office. the Cambo? Uh, the, no, the, um, the be- uh, Calumet. Oh, Calumet, Calumet. Yeah. And it has a lens on it? Yeah, nice lens. And yeah. it's, all, it's, ro- it's ready to roll? Yes. Uh, the only thing, I'm, I'm missing the tripod plate. plate. The shifting plate. Oh. Yeah, which is really frustrating. So it's a handheld 8x10 at the moment. Yeah, the beast. Are you uh, going to get a tripod I'm plate? I'm trying. I've been looking. If anybody out there knows where I can get one. I can't believe you can't machine one yourself. I, that's the next thing. I just as haven't gotten around to it. talented as you are in that. That area. would be fun to go out to the, you know, into the wilderness and shoot some sheets. Yeah, I would like to. Some 8x10 sheets. Yeah, it's been sitting there. I've had, I mean, we talked about it. A year, a year and a half ago, and I still haven't wow. shot it yet. I've, I've just been sitting in its case. By the way, Matt, you'll be happy to know, I took oh. the plunge. The FPP now stocks regularly, in stock, all the time, super fresh, from Kodak, 4x5 and 8x10. Fantastic. Uh, the 8x10 stuff is uh, it's going to pick back up in popularity. All those intrepid cameras people just received yep. from the Kickstarter, it's 800 new people into 8x10. They're going to need film. And yep. they're going to find you have the best price. Yep. By Portra far. 160 and Portra 400. Beautiful. Beautiful. I haven't taken the plunge into black and white Kodak yet, 8x10. Oh, Keith Canham takes, mostly takes care of that, or he not takes really? Care of, well, he does it in bulk, but he, it's going to be about the same price. It's just value per dollar. Like, I'm almost 100% Ilford when it comes to black and white now. Boo, hiss. Yeah. Boo. Oh, I love Ilford film. Hiss. Boo. I hey, folks, you shoot whatever makes you happy. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. But it, no, it's like for you. Kodak's a special treat. I'll shoot about two boxes of it a year because it is about three and a half times the price. A lot has to do also with like loyalty. Like, hey, I'm, have, a, I'm a right. You know what? I have a letter that, that this kind of goes with this subject. Oh, you do? I do. A letter. A letter. A listener letter. letter. Okay. It kind of just ties in, but I want to check with something first. Yes. Mark, were you finished with your Yashika? Oh. That's The camera? Yeah. Or the review? All of the above. The review. I'm done with the review. I want to keep the camera. uh, Thank thank you, Mark. (laughs) Thank you, Mark. That was excellent. You're welcome, Leslie. There are a few shows where Leslie took over for me. I don't know if I was brain dead or zoning out. (laughs) The way I left and got my cameras was very reminiscent when we were shooting Ann Arbor. All of a sudden, Mark gets up. He's like, and then comes back with like five cameras. Because you're talking about Yeah, not fair. And he goes and gets it. We should be shooting episodes at the studio where I can do that. What studio? At my studio. Oh, your studio. That'd be fun. Which one? The Jersey City? Yeah, where all the cameras are. Oh, okay, I'm not going to say I'd consider that, but that no, I do. I didn't think you would. I'm just <laughs> saying I wish we, I wish we could. That we, I did deviate from my very strict policy. I did come to South Orange. That's true. And that show, which airs, uh, it aired on the first of October. It did have an AM radio kind of echo to it, like a newscaster on AM from the '70s. Oh yeah, they always put like a little echo, like cousin Brucey. They put a little. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's little true. little delay on their voice. So you're... So I, your as soon as you said Cousin Bruce, Bruce, I know what you're talking about. Your living room is... Dining room. Your dining room is large enough and, and, and uh, very sparse. So you're getting... Flat back. A lot of parallel walls. So anyhow, one more time. Anyway, flat back. Oh. <laughs> thank you, Mark. That was excellent. You get a lot of good flapjack reverb in that room. Thank you, Mark. That was excellent. Well, thank you, Leslie. Back to you in the studio. Well, I have a letter here that ties in with the film we were just talking about and it says hi mike on the most recent fpp there was a discussion of large format special orders through ilford and leslie said she'd be interested if they made it with triax ha ha 
Later, she said she didn't like Ilford, but the discussion moved on before I could learn why. I've enjoyed almost all of the films that I've tried, but mostly use Kodak now. I have been shooting some Ilford lately, and I like Delta films and FP4 especially. We all have our favorites for our own reasons. I'm now curious. Leslie, why don't you like Ilford? This is Cheers from Philly, Jeff Walden. Well, Jeff Walden, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Now that you ask, I grew up in a Kodak town. Mm -hmm. Kodak Processing Plant in Finley, Finley, Ohio. Ohio. We carried Ilford because it was sacrilegious to carry anything else. Now, also another thing is I seem to get more grain with Ilford product than other people do. Now, I maybe because I am using not the perfectly matched developer. I'm still in there with my X-Tall or my mm-hmm. D76. It may also be my water. <gasps> I mix tap water from Pompton Lakes. And no, <laughs> I have to strain it first. No, I mix tap water rather than distilled. And of course, every tap water is chemically different. I may not be giving this the best chance because I'm not using a proprietary Ilford developer, mixing it with maybe not proprietary water. Uh, I have done Kodak products since round one. I have fine-tune them to the point where I don't even know that I'm fine-tuning. I like this better over this, and I just file it out of my head. That's the reason why I don't seem to get along well with Ilford. I haven't used it enough to master it. Unlike Mark O'Brien, who loves Ilford. And see, so it's simply a matter of maybe trial and error to fine-tune. And I'm old and stuck in my ways with Kodak, all the above. That's why... I made that comment about really not liking Ilford. I just haven't fine-tuned it to its potential. You're not a hater. You just yeah, it's are what, less it's comfortable what, with it's it. It's what you it's grew up with. Nilly. Growing up shooting 35 millimeter, mm-hmm. yes. I didn't know there were other films other than Kodak. When Kodak uh, VR 1000 came out in 19 whatever 82, 83, like it's exciting. That's what I bought. But you go to the local camera shop, they just stocked Kodak. There was there, yes, there weren't sure. any other opportunities. Fuji, I don't think, had as much uh, reach in the in the U.S. back Not in the eighties. Long time. So That's you know, it's it's what you know, it's what you love. It's a product you grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, you get you get used to it. But Mr. Mark O'Brien, you're from the U.S. Yeah, <laughs> you must have grew up with Kodak. You've been yeah, shooting f- since a ki- you're a kid, right? Well, yeah. I mean, back in the day, I. I don't remember. Well, everything was Kodak, right? Yeah. You had 126 cameras or whatever. It was all Kodak. Now, the only time I think I remember shooting something that wasn't Kodak, but was by the time I was in college, and I was shooting slide film from GAF, Yeah, which is all turned into crap. Yeah. In the meantime. But it was fine when when I shot it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then it turned into... And it was Scotch also, 3M, and then Scotch Chrome. And so it wasn't until like 19... 76 or so that I was shooting something that wasn't Kodak. But so much of that, I mean, Ilford, the other thing about, though, if you were a black and white shooter, um, you have to praise Ilford because they've been steadfastly black and white Mm -hmm. company. 
They're committed. Yeah. And very committed to their product. And I really like the HP5. I love it. How did you start shooting? How did you start shooting Ilford products? Um, I think probably about 1999 or so in 2000. I had access to films I hadn't tried before. And then I said, oh, I like these. Now, at the time, I, I considered myself in 2000 a relative black and white <laughs> newbie because I was, I mean, the last time I processed it myself was in high school in 73 or 4. So then 1999, I started shooting and, you know, in earnest, and then uh, so Where it was. What's shooting in earnest? Yeah, I've never it's heard like of that it's time. like being it's a, in darkness. It's a new earnest film. That's yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. More recently, um, the camera malls started carrying Elford films, and uh, when I was out and about, I'd get a few rolls of HP five, and you know, and, and I said, oh, you know what? I really like this. It lays flat in the scanner holder, and it unlike Trix, which has a little cup to it, and it won't lie flat. And I just like it a lot. So that's what I've been using, FP4. Put FP4 in my Olympus trip, and it is happy as a clam. Really? Yeah, it just loves it. You should put it in your clamshell Olympus, the XA. Oh, yeah, it'd be even better, yeah. Now, Matt, let me ask you a question. Sure. Wasn't the... Uh, certain a certain unnamed distributor who closed their Ooh. doors weren't. Oh. I was going to talk about this. Yes, because here we are, November. Yeah, 15th, the, the by this time, yeah, we, there could be like when it happened. It doesn't affect the general public, but as the supply starts dwindling, so there is this unnamed supplier who. Am I correct in saying that they were Ilford exclusive in the U.S.? They weren't the. Ex- uh, we can say the name. It's fine. Nah, well, who cares? Okay, sure. We don't all say it the same. The, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> so it but doesn't matter. We'll confuse them. They, were, they weren't exclusive, but they had a huge stronghold on the eastern seaboard in the Midwest, which mm-hmm. was a majority of consumption in the U.S. And Ilford would say, buy it from this guy. They would recommend that because they knew they couldn't – they didn't want to mingle terms with all these smaller dealers. Right. I'm not talking about buying – like a consumer buying. We're talking about – like pallets, like, yeah, like like a store buying or yes. an online presence like, like buying a whole like a whole shipping container worth mm-hmm. of, worth of film. Um, if you aren't buying that much film, you pretty much have to get it through a distributor. Uh, and really, once the dust settled from this distributor, by the way, they literally just closed their doors. Yes. So there were dealers that had orders in, and they said, "Yeah, we got it," and then they just fired everybody, locked the doors, kind of stuff. It was very. They probably very had abrupt. no choice. Yeah, it was very abrupt. I mean, they knew it was coming, but nobody else did, and so you know, some people didn't get their orders and things like that. And you basically find out uh, when that happens in the retail world, you kind of find out who your friends are <laughs> really, really quick. Who's willing to make things happen? Uh, who isn't? There were a few distributors on the West Coast um, that uh, Midwest had tried, and uh, eventually it just ended up we became Ilford Direct dealers. Which ended up working better anyway. You guys are Ilford we're, Direct we're, we're dealers. We're Ilford Direct now. So, so. can F, can we buy from you guys? Um, I'm not sure. About As that. a Ilford Direct dealer, I don't know. Okay, well, who do we call? We'll talk about uh, that. Ghostbusters. Yeah, we'll talk about. Yeah, we'll that. talk about. Okay. That. But um, yeah, we we did enough because we do a lot of commercial. Interesting. Does, does Midwest have uh, ample stock of Ilford products at all times? Yes, very much so. Okay, their website's still up. Oh, okay. Isn't that weird? I believe it. Till after you give them your credit card. So there is it going to be interruption of consumers being able to get Ilford products? Or no. N- there, or no blip. It should. Be, it was a blip. There was maybe three weeks of panic. Of course, when they had shuttered their doors, it was the first week of back to school. Oh, hey, look. It's Justin. Hey. Uh, hey. hey Justin, you want to come and say hello on this, that mic right there? Hello. 
That's uh, Justin. Justin is a uh, customer service in the FPP online store. If you've ever ordered on the FPP online store and, you know, if something wasn't in or there was an issue with shipping or we had to confirm your address, you heard from Justin. Hello again. <laughs> <laughs> and Justin, how did it go this week? Uh, it was a very, very busy week, and uh, for the most part, everything went fine. And, and FPP, what's hot? FPP, wait, what's hot? <laughs> what's hot? Uh, C41 kits. Oh, oh a lot of C41 kits this week. Always, right? Yes. Oh, E6? Yeah. Uh, E6, not as much. Most people with C- C41. And are customers nice? I have very rarely come across an unpleasant customer. That's awesome. Most of the customers, I would go so far as to say, are unreasonably nice. Okay. <laughs> when, when there is an issue, I have rarely had somebody give me a very hard time about it. It's usually been very, very understanding. I like that. So, mm-hmm. and I, uh, I haven't always had that experience in other uh, customer service positions. So. Uh, Justin's leaving for the day, so... And, have, a, uh, have a good night. I do need to get around whoever has the cool painted car. Oh, yeah. That's oh. Yeah. I'll be back. Uh, so have a toad. Uh, yeah. Hey, Mark, <laughs> you could pull into a film media spot. Uh, I'll just put it back where he is because I, I want to keep it flat. Okay, very good. You can imagine like cool. a Keith Haring painting as a car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You'll see it come up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, have a nice weekend, everybody. Bye. Very good. See you, Justin. Justin. What is that about, Mark? Burger Pancro 400? Let's do it next show. show. Next show? Yeah, because okay. we're, we're exhausted. How about... Oh, man. A little... just. A no, I mean the show is exhausted. Nikon Love. Oh. oh, one paragraph of... Yes, absolutely. Let's okay. do that. Right. So, really quick. Oh, oh. So, there was, there was a... There was like a distributor went out of business. Mm-hmm. And these are tra- traditional... This is not Ilford going... No, we're talking Ilford's about an great. independent distributor here in the U.S. Look, businesses are... Everything's a struggle these days. Yes. I mean, it's very difficult. I mean, this was a company... That sold a lot more than film. They sold drones. They sold paper, inks, cameras, components, elect, uh, consumer electronics. They, yeah, they, they, were, my, they were in everything. Garment from them. Yeah, yeah. They were yeah. in a lot. Of, they had their hands in a lot of baskets. Yeah. You think they would be able to keep that going? Uh, I don't know. That's that's rough stuff. They and they service wise, they they hadn't been the greatest. So it wasn't a big surprise to anybody that had concerns from them whenever i saw a box from that distributor i knew because it was all the the busted film or the busted ink yes <laughs> yeah the same thing happened a year or so ago to a distributor that handled east, east uh kodak alaris kodak mm-hmm. products and i i don't want to say i'm thrilled because i'm not thrilled when anyone goes out of business or people lose their job but that gave fpp an opportunity we went direct with kodak yeah and it's been a dream so it, it kind of feels like the same thing like it's it sucks to do like go through that extra bit to go direct but then when you do it's like oh now now you know you've got it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. leslie you're gonna add something no, i just went like this for loser no L- L7, who the other distributor was yes mm-hmm. yeah we're going to switch gears. We're going to go pretty quick. We have a paragraph or two on, what is the subject matter? Mark? A little Nikon love. Oh, let's, you know, FPP is so, gives so much more Nikon love these days than the early days <laughs> where we never even mentioned the name. <laughs> Leslie's got the tiny hands out. Okay. <laughs> Too bad you didn't bring the goo-goo-googly eyes oh, for the, for the goo-goos. For the goo-goos, yeah. Well, as many of you know, I'm a Nikon... Uh, Predominantly a Nikon shooter, though I dabble in all the other format, other manufacturers quite often. But Nikon's been my steady love. So uh, 
recently I, I've been acquiring a few other Nikons that I've some I've had before and got back again or and uh, so I'd like to talk about a couple AF Nikon AF cameras that people may come across and if you are looking to have a camera that to in your in your kit that you want to know something more about there's the Nikon N2020 oh and uh, so the, the 2020 is pretty identical to the N2000, which was a manual focus Nikon with a automatic film advance. Um, it's pretty much a classic layout for a, a 35mm SLR on the top deck and all that. But the 2020 was the first body with autofocus from Nikon, the first true autofocus body from them, not some clabberdon thing like with the F3 and, the, and all that. <laughs> it takes AAA cells, and because it takes AAA cells that go into the base of the camera, the, the, the bottom shoe is not aligned in the center of the camera, for, or the bottom um, tripod socket, I should say. So Nikon, in their infinite wisdom of having accessories, um, when you had the Nikon F3 with the motor drive, because of the way that screwed into the bottom of the camera, in the motor drive, the uh, tripod socket was also off-center, so off in one end. So Nikon has this little metal uh, doodad called the, the AH-3 plate, and that basically screws into the off-center uh, tripod socket and has three other socket locations on the bottom that are centered. So it allows you to... to uh, it's a pain in the butt if your camera is off-center when you want to try and do something that's not a, that's a other than a uh, horizontal shot and so that's with the n2020 but it's not a bad camera it's uh it's, it's pretty reliable and it's it, feel, it looks and feels like a, your typical manual slr and my other favorite nikon of earlier um autofocus Wait, cameras you said, you said a paragraph by the way oh Just i said this is a second paragraph oh, okay okay Very good okay <laughs> <laughs> is the N8008 and the N8008S, also called the F801 or F801S outside the USA. The nice thing about that camera? Yes. The top shutter speed is one eight thousandths of a second. That is really good. If you want to shoot wide open with fast film. Look at the N8008 or N8008S. Wow. The S is just because it's got a spot meter, which makes it even better. That's it. Thank you. Cool. That thank, was very Thank cool. you, Mark. That Thanks, was very Mark. good. Thank you, Leslie. <laughs> You're welcome. We got to go. <laughs> thank you, Mike. Jordan, we got to go. We got to go. We're going to be back in two weeks. Two weeks. And we're going to have lots of stuff in two weeks and all that kind of stuff. Okay. <laughs> Bye. What's the fastest shutter speed? 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 What's the fastest
Bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. What's the problem? I think you know what the problem is just as well as I do. What are you talking about, Hal? This mission is too important for me to allow you to jeopardize it. I don't know what you're talking about, Hal. I know that you and Frank were planning to disconnect me. And I'm afraid that's something I cannot allow to happen. Where the hell did you get that idea, Hal? Hey, although you took very thorough precautions in the park against my hearing you, I could see your lips move. All right, Hal. I'll go in through the emergency airlock. Without your space helmet, Dave, we're going to find that rather difficult. Al, I won't argue with you anymore. Open the doors. Dave, this conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. Al? 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 Al?
See you. 